Hey, welcome back to the All In Podcast. Uh, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. I've got a very special guest I've known for many years today, and we're going to be talking about mental health and all of the things uh, about that that are important. And so I've got KK Ray with me today. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist specializing in brain-based treatments and trauma resolution here in Nashville. She's very passionate about helping her clients integrate difficult parts of their stories and become healthier, more whole versions of themselves. And over the past 20 years, she's constantly sought the most effective methods for psychotherapy, adopting brain-based, research-driven methods to meet her clients' needs. Now, and since launching her career in 2000, I was going to say 2020. Well, that's because it's a long time ago. <laughs> KK has earned a national reputation for her ability to diffuse crises quickly and help clients move beyond just coping uh, to actually healing effectively from trauma. So she maintains her Nashville-based private practice and owns Tennessee Neurofeedback, a local neurotherapy clinic that specializes in QEEG brain maps and neurofeedback treatment or training. She's married to David, whom I also know, and they have two adult children. Um, thank you so much for coming, KK. Good oh, to see I'm you. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> that sounded really good. I don't know who wrote that, but that's good. <laughs> so um, I'd like to know, like, what? made you become like say i want to become a counselor i guess and we're, we're going to talk about the neurofeedback because uh, guys if you don't know what neurofeedback therapy uh is or training i've done it i've done many many sessions so like 25 30 sessions and it's incredible uh, uh with what what it does creating new neural pathways i'm let i don't want to steal her thunder by any means and nor could i but tell talk just go back to the because you're also a therapist i am and so you know people come to you they counsel, like my wife and I have come to you, um, and uh, we went to church together for many years. So how did you become a counselor? Well, it's a funny story. So back when I first started thinking about it, um, you know, we had phone bills back then that the longer you talked on long distance, the higher your phone bill was. There's probably listeners that don't know that, you know, and we would have a $500 phone <laughs> bill. And one time David came in and he goes, you've got all these friends on uh, in crisis you're talking on the phone all the time and you're the one on Prozac, you know? So I had to start doing some deep dive on that and got actually, um, the truth is I went through the process of therapy myself and it was so remarkable for, um, me and for David, um, and us as a couple. And it was time with, um, young kids for me to have a, my next career, I'd been a teacher before and been out of the workforce for a while. And so I investigated getting my master's here in Nashville, did that and um, began to teach and, and sit with people. And, and really, that's how it began. So having my own stuff, learning to heal from that. And that's also been a lifelong quest, not healed. But, you know, so that that's where I jumped in. Wow. And so QEEG brain maps, what, what does QEEG mean? Okay. So if, if we think of different buckets for mental health um, healing or modalities that we use, we have a bucket that is talk therapy where you come in and you sit with a therapist and, and you begin to process through. And in that bucket, that bucket's even become more and more sophisticated of what how we talk about it, how we um, engage the brain to heal in that in that modality. We know that um, for many people, just sitting and processing and having a safe place is very helpful. Um, when we're thinking about trauma, that's a different part of the brain. So we've learned how to really get into the the um, sub, we call it the subcortical, the non-conscious part of the brain and, and uh, clear things that 
the brain informs the body, you know, when you're anxious and you feel it in your chest. So we, we we're saying the brain labels what the body feels. So we've learned in talk therapy how to clear some of that. That doesn't do it all. And um, and so then move to another bucket, and that's the neurofeedback bucket. So think of it's just a whole different modality. And and the first step of neurofeedback, and um, if you're really really paying attention to the the uh, best. Uh, care that you can get. Of course, you can do it a lot. Um, people order the stuff off the internet. It does not work. Um, but the first step is what we call a QEEG, or in an easier term, it's called a brain map. So what that is, is literally an EEG of the brain, which we have EKGs of the heart, and that's just the electrical making of the brain. And we put it through a database, quantitative, that's the cue. And then that that pops us out a ton of information, what we're comparing your brain to a normative database. That's the QEEG. And so with that, we're able to tell, is the brain anxious? Is the brain depressed? How does that anxiety even show up? We can tell if you're a ruminator or if you're catastrophizer, all of those things we are able to tell from the brain map. Then we can say, does the brain have a a concussion, a TBI of some kind. Is the brain inflamed because you eat too much sugar or drink too much alcohol? All of those things we can tell. So that's a long answer to your short question. And you literally get like, you know, cause I've done it, but you get, um, the brain map is it's, I mean, it's literally, I mean, you, you print it out or it's yeah. on the screen. I mean, so it's right there Yeah. and then you share it with the client. So you kind of do the brain map. Um, then you come back, set another appointment or a zoom, and then you go over that, right? Yeah, with kinda, an expert. We right. and and that's you or one of your staff. That's right? key. Yeah, and and my daughter Kelsey is now running the clinic, and she has every credentialing you can have to do that. And and that's another, you know, best practice kind of thing to make sure when you have that map done that you've got an expert that's looking at it. Yeah, and what are the age groups of that can do brain map? We um, anybody can do neurofeedback, um, but the the youngest we map. With the QEEG is five. Okay, so all the way down to five. Yeah, that's... yeah, and and that's really really cool because we see a lot of adopted kids, and you don't see an adopted kid without trauma markers, and and so, you know, they're by the time uh, an adopted kid is five, many times they're already having a good bit of symptomology, so it's good to be able to go that young. And so, I mean, do you find that kids are uh, nervous about? It? I mean, I don't I don't know if you want to describe what it is because. You know, it sounds like it could. You know, people don't know what it, what what you're doing, right? right? And, and, right. and I want to say there's even like multiple ways you can actually do it, right? Yeah, Just of course. Eyes closed, eyes, eyes open, open, yeah. Watching a screen or not? Yes. Uh, so the 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 process is you come in for a brain map, and then that informs how we're going to train your brain. So it literally is no input. We're not shocking your brain. We're not doing anything except measuring it. And then think of operant conditioning combined with going to a physical therapist or a trainer. And what we're doing is we're putting headphones on and you're watching a Netflix show. This is the long haul. You come in a couple of times a week and you're watching the show. And as your brain is moving towards a more regulated state, you get a brighter screen and a feedback tone. And that tells your brain, oh, it feels better. And so that's the positive feedback that your brain's getting. And eventually it's going to get stronger, stronger, grow new neuropathways into that regulated state. And then the old pathways will slough off. 
And so new neural pathways, explain what that means to people. Yeah. So used to, we didn't believe that the brain could change. We just thought the brain is what mm. it, the brain was. And the brain um, is actually, uh, all of us know it's an incredible organ. But what we do know now is that it loves to learn about itself and it loves to heal itself. Wow, that's, that's a beautiful thing. It, it's incredible. It's yeah. Way. Yeah. And so, so we're actually, you know, when you do something for the first time, think of, think of, um, building a road, the, you know, the loggers have to come in and, and cut the trees down and then they have to, you know, do all the dirt work, all that stuff. And neuropathways are literally like that too. The first time it's, it's why, it's why if you don't, you've never done something, you have to learn how to do it. That creates a new neuropathway. So that's what we're doing with the neurofeedback is giving the brain the idea that it's going in the right direction and giving it feedback that it is. And then repetitively over time, that new neuropathway can become the Audubon over time. And though, and so you mentioned the ones uh, or the, the method where you're watching Netflix. I actually don't think I've ever done it that way. Mine has always been with the eyes closed. Yes. And just so you guys kind of know, so um, this is maybe not the best road. So they put this, what do you, we call that thing? It's got the little note, just putting that on your head. It's like a cap. That yeah, it's a, little... it's a cap. It's a 19 point cap that we put on your head and that we gel it up. So when you come in, you have to go shower. That's the only the first time when you do the brain map. But we gel it up and then we measure and measure and measure. And that's how we get the brain map. And just so no pain. Nothing no, like oh, no, no. Fact, it's, uh, it's pretty relaxing. It's quite soothing, actually. Yeah. I mean, so for mine, I'll just describe. So for me, I mean, um, you put it on, you have headphones on. Um, and then there's these it's sort of some light music um, in the background. It's almost, I don't know what you would, how you describe it, almost new agey sort of. Uh-huh. Um, like a spa-like music. Spa-like music. <laughs> and then there's these tones that are sort of underlined. That's right. Uh, doot, doot. And that sort of, those tones are, that is, I don't I don't know if the tone is sending or that's a, an indicator that it's sending a signal. You're going in the right direction mm-hmm. is all that is. It's just a, it's like, okay, brain, Thing, you're the right direction. So it will, the brain will want to repeat that behavior. So at a non-conscious level, it's waiting on those feedback. It wants that reward. Mm-hmm. Um, now with kids and a lot of adults, they, they can't sit there with their eyes closed, especially trauma patients. It's very difficult to sit quietly with your eyes closed. And so we do the Netflix. So you get a double inf- reinforcement because the, when your brain is going in the right direction, the screen gets darker or, or brighter. Yeah. And so then you've got the feedback tones and the screen. And so, and then again, it's like when I, when I did it, it's like, you know, the eyes closed, I even fall asleep. And so I was yeah. told that was fine. Real you know? meditative. Yeah. So, you, you know, for me, it's completely, uh, if everyone's ever done a float um, where you're suspended in water, but you haven't done this, that would be the closest thing I could probably say that it's like, um, but of course, you don't have the claustrophobia of the float, and then there's just you're not really, um, you don't have, I guess the the cat, you, you don't have all the the accoutrements, you don't have all the, yeah. the, the help that you're, you're doing. And you know? and for people that that like to meditate, it's like meditation on yeah. steroids. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, why mental health is just such a huge issue? Clearly, I mean, um, you know, it's a hot topic um, for many reasons, but. Um, I mean, why, why is it more important now than ever? Wow. That's a, that's a really good question. I think what we're seeing, um, 
and and obviously our kids are in crisis in this country, you know, and we do not have enough resources. But my my understanding of the research and and what 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 we're seeing is that the pace of our lives is so fast mm. that the brain is unable to process. So we're, we're training the brain not to process too by, you know, go, scrolling through TikTok or Instagram, whatever. The brain does not have time to process and it's so jacked up with all of that input. And, and it's just, we, we're, we're expecting, you know, used to, we thought 25 years old was enough for a kid to be mature. We're thinking it's even 30 now, yeah. um, because it's just so much for the brain to process on right. a daily basis. So how is this different? Like, what would you say, you know, brain-based therapy and neurofeedback therapy being different than say traditional talk therapy? Well, I think there's room for all of it. Sure. What I would say, though, is that what we know now, just just letting research, you know, for years we didn't have any mental health research. And now that technology is more sophisticated, more money flowing into the research world, what we know is that it's not just talking. It's what is the brain doing and where in the brain are things happening. And so what we're going after is how do we calm? There's a book by Bessel van der Kolk, The Body Keeps the Score. He's the lead trauma uh, physician in the world. And and he he is who I've modeled my practice after. But but what he would say is our brain labels what our body feels. We have to calm the whole neurological system down. Or we could talk about that till the cows come home, but nothing yeah. changes. Does that answer your question oh, yeah. on that? What's yeah. the difference? Yeah, I mean it would it for you know, I think I started maybe three years ago, maybe more, I don't know, three or four. But it's what it seemed to me very clear that, I mean, are you able to quantify how much the advancements have been? Because it felt like it's been like 20 years. We have more than surpassed like the last hundred. One hundred yeah, yes. Neurofeedback's been around about 50. I figured it out on cats, believe it or not, how to calm down a cat. <laughs> and anyway, um, but but. It, what, what the way we're doing it is so very new. Um, but when when I first started 20 years ago, I mean, we had no research. We yeah. had nothing to, to go, okay, if we do this, then this equals this. And now we do. We have so many more things to do than just throwing a pill at it, which, by right. the way, don't work. And there's no long-term research on that yeah. either. And so people, trauma, I mean, addiction, trauma, um, you're talking about anxiety, depression, what are some other things that people might be experiencing where neurofeedback could be neurotherapy? And, and, and help me with that. Is it neurofeedback or neurotherapy? I don't want to say, you I can, think I use them interchangeably. You can, you can interchange okay? it, okay. absolutely. So what are, what are some other things that people that are out there listening, our listeners, they say this, they're looking for relief or help? Yes. Well, we could start with the positive in that we, could, we, can, we do performance enhancement too. Okay. Okay. So many times we see in our um, practice elite performers you're one you know we have elite executives we have elite athletes we have elite students we have um and and really what you see with with those people are what we call a browned out brain they're able their brain is able to squeeze like a sponge everything out of it so they can perform at peak peak performance mm -hmm. but at a cost nobody has really 
an elite brain. They just have the ability to squeeze what is the up. Cost? Yeah. The cost is think of a battery when the battery begins to dim. Yeah. So what what you see is people that can't tolerate things. They start having bad dreams. They can't sleep. They have fights with their family instead of acting appropriately. But they're still able to do elite things. But so we train that. But then what 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 we see a lot of and you know it's timely right now. We're we're in Nashville, um, obviously, and we've had such a horrific. Um, such a horrific trauma with the shooting at Covenant. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing is even people that, you know, we have what one degree, what, however you say that, from everybody at yeah, that separation. place. Separate one, one or two degrees of separation. Everyone in Nashville is traumatized. So, what that feels like to all of us is that we're walking through mud yeah. or that, that everything feels like you begin to lose the ability to say, how big a deal is this versus this? So, you know, I might stump my toe and it feels like I've shattered my femur. Is kind of, so, so that's one thing that we've got going, you know, um, just coming out of COVID, obviously we can treat long COVID. We can also treat, um, you know, the symptoms that have come emotionally from COVID, the, the feeling of social anxiety, a lot of those things that are coming. And, you know, then just like you're saying, mood disorders, addiction, trauma-based stuff. Um, we see a lot of uh, behavioral issues in kids now that we can calm that down. And, and with kids especially, it's really nice not to identify them as a patient, that they can just come in not have to talk about their feelings, but we can calm them down neurologically. Those are a few of the things. So like COVID, you talked about that. I mean, oh my gosh, I mean... The whole world, the whole world, the I whole mean, world was, was traumatized and just Absolutely. uptight. I mean, you're, you're, you're homebound. Yeah. Um, people were, I mean, we're still, the world is different. It's like, you know, we're post COVID, I guess. What do you, wherever, man, is there probably somebody out there using the acronym for PC, like they use for yeah. BC before exactly. cancer. Exactly. Yeah. So are you, what are you seeing now, even now that we're on this side of COVID at this juncture? Is it, is it, are you seeing more people still coming, you know, because they've delayed it or? Yes, we're seeing that. We're seeing a lot of um, neurological issues from long COVID, Mm. you know. Well, I just meant, maybe, maybe so you're talking about they have the COVID, but I'm saying just, just the whole social aspect of like just, yeah. Yeah. I'm convinced and I haven't seen any research. I don't know if it's out there, but I think our level of agitation and irritability post-COVID, mm-hmm. just learning how to interact with people with kindness. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happened, but I think people have lost that <laughs> ability. And I think that's a depletion factor that mm-hmm. we're all just worn out. Yeah, tired. Tired, I mean, I, yeah. Growing up, I mean, 70s and 80s, you know, you just always heard these things that if you do these things, cannabis, alcohol, whatever, you'll uh, alcohol and you, you you're sort of burning your brain up, you never get that back. So I felt it was very encouraging that, you know, there, your brain can actually heal. Oh, and yeah. now you're saying yeah. your brain actually wants to heal itself. And that's, I mean, it sounds, it sounds, it sounds encouraging. almost, it's encouraging and be careful if you're rolling your eyes because it, it sounded voodoo to me when I first yeah. started looking yeah. at it. You know, can, can we really do this without just, um, can we really heal? Right. You know? Yeah. Right. Right. So benefits, what, I mean, I can talk specifically about how, I mean, every time I would go, uh, I would definitely feel like I had had a, just an, an intense meditation. I mean, like I said, sometimes I would fall asleep um, 
and in those in the sessions last, I want to say thirty minutes, thirty minutes, or about thirty minutes, thirty minutes, yeah. yeah. So you're kind of in the dark, and you can do the light. For me, you know, I was all. I mean. I'm trying to get away from a screen. Exactly. So for me, me I just didn't. I do ask I, close They gave too. me a choice. Yeah. And I said, well, I'm kind of here to, I mean, to me, the screen is part of. The issue. I mean, you think Same. about it. Like, we didn't grow up with, with these things. And all of a sudden, well, when I mean, the I, like this yeah, all the time. When the iPhone hit, you can look back at the research, and my good friend Nate Larkin can quote the, the studies, but everything there's a lot that changed when the iPhone mm. came. And mostly, in a nutshell, I would say it's our brain's need for novelty. Mm. So novelty means we got to have something new or we feel depressed. And so all of a sudden, you catch yourself. You take try for a week and take your social yeah. media apps off your phone, and you will find yourself scrolling through email. You right. know, just to have or missed calls, just to have something for right. your brain to to do, and so so that um, I don't know what I was answering on that, but the novelty is what our brain needed at the onset. So it, when you come in, there is there is a great um, a great argument to just sit there with your eyes closed. Many people can't. Yeah, it's almost like getting off the the train, like the, exactly the, the, the subway, the busyness. Um, you know, you go to, like I always say, I mean, after you're going to New York, you know, you go to New York, I'm, I'm ready to go home after two days just because of my surroundings, my environment. I just, yeah. I need to be on the open road. You know, I don't know how it's, you know, so it's amazing the adaptation of people um, that are in big cities. Yeah. But I mean, if you're, say, trapped, I don't want to say, but, you know, if you're on Manhattan, I mean, some people like you. Know, I have one of my good friends. He don't have a car. I right. Mean, that's just yeah. Our, you're, our son you're and daughter living your life within a few blocks, or you go to the subway. I mean, you could have your whole life and never leave those few blocks. And yeah. immigrants, families, and people that have been rent controlled, or just my friends in modern day. You know, yeah. they're, they're yeah, they're totally, you know. Have adapted, but this city is just. I mean, it's so busy. And it's almost input. like a a caricature of what's going on in the like in our brains. Right. Right. Yeah. And and I would say you're in my brain are probably just as busy as anybody up there yeah. because we we put ourselves in the busy places. But yeah, it's it's a lot to begin to calm that brain down. And if you can't avail yourself to neurofeedback, ten minutes of a guided meditation like Headspace or Calm app, any of those really do help. Yeah. Do you find that uh, men are less likely because of the to to maybe try to get help for with their brain? Because I mean, men, you know, exercise, you know, your body, you can see it. We really can't see our brains. Yeah, you, you can't look in the mirror and say my brain, but you feel it. But you can look in the mirror and say, "Hey, I've gained five pounds or lost five pounds or whatever." Right? Yeah, your your family or your people around you usually have to inform yeah. me. <laughs> They'll let and you know. Say, say, yeah, I you can got, vouch for that. One thing I didn't say, and that is really helpful for a lot of men and women, is that one of the first things that, that neurofeedback will help is sleep. And nobody's mm. sleeping well right Boy, now. I would attest to that. Thank yeah, you for reading that. Yeah, yeah. It, you, you get your sleep back online, and that's when your brain heals itself. That's when your brain detoxes. And so we, we can help you know, aid that to, to get, get the sleep back online. And for me, I know, I know, I noticed, you know, I guess it's been about 10 years, but I noticed that, um, you know, I went from loving espresso. I wasn't necessarily a coffee drinker, but I'd have a friend over and we'd do a bunch of shots of espresso or something. And, uh, I loved it. I loved the whole euphoric part at the beginning or whatever, but over time I realized that 
um, even just a cup of coffee. I realized I was caffeine sensitive. So it's a, I mean, caffeine is a powerful, powerful drug. And for some people, I would just say, if if you feel like maybe it's not, you want to steer, I did it. I'm like, I'm totally caffeine free because now if I accidentally have it, I mean, it's a day or two before it's, I mean, out of your it's system. out of my system. Well, the half, that's it. The, and the half-life, I think, um, Kelsey told me this yesterday, I think it's four hours for caffeine, which means if you have a cup at, at noon, you're still going to have a quarter of a cup of coffee in your system when you're trying to go to bed. Mm-hmm. And and that's, you know, it's slow. It's It seems it's fast because you don't get the mm-hmm. jolt. But you're right. If you're hypersensitive, you may not get it out of your system. Yeah. And I'm not saying, and we're not saying that caffeine is bad because it has benefits. No, and, but watch know. it if you're an insomniac. Yeah. For sure, it makes sense. Or just, I think for me, it was if, if you have a propensity to, uh, for anxiety or to be anxious, yes. then it's not, it's, it's just going to exacerbate that. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I was like, why am I, if, if I having, if I'm, if I'm experiencing anxiety, why would I ex- yeah. pour gasoline on that? And, and that's 100% I mean, true. It, despite the fact that you might feel euphoric at the beginning, it's the, it's a massive price to pay over the next several hours or day or so that well, you, it's, it, it gets out of your system. Totally. And I would say that's my, also my argument for putting, um, people, children, especially with ADD on a stimulant, because many times it's not true ADD. It's anxiety that has inattentive features. So we want to make sure before we, because you you give a kid um, a stimulant that already has anxiety, they're off the rails. Mm -hmm. And the first time they have a puff of weed or a drink, they're like, whoa, that calmed my brain down. Mm -hmm. And so then they quit taking the stimulant, obviously, because it makes them feel bad. So we can back that way up, do a brain map and say, no, this is anxiety as opposed to true ADD. Yeah. What about a brain injury or maybe um, a concussion? Yeah. That somebody needs to come this right away, for that, right? right away. Um, and as soon as as soon as you determine that you've had, well, you know, when your head's gotten hit. But what we know now used to, we'd say, let the brain rest. But mm-hmm. what we know now is let's get the brain exercising and get that that healing, it's 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 very important to get neurofeedback going right away with a brain injury. Side effects? I, I, I'm not. There really aren't side effects. Many times, people might feel like it's a, it's there's. But it's a good question because people it totally want to know. Is. It I totally mean, is. Out, I mean, it totally is. There's, it's a law. I mean, we held the uh, commercials. <laughs> I mean, we all laugh at them, but like it's about ten seconds about the drug itself on the commercial, and then I guess the. Uh, the USDA, they, you know, it's like then the last minute and a half is about all the side effects, of and, the disgusting and, things and that warp, could happen. And warp speed. No, it, it's a training. So it's not a treatment. It's a training. So it's it's really an exercise as opposed mm-hmm. to, to do anything. But but what, what you sometimes see is people start, who have been really depressed, they start to see things that bother them that their brain wouldn't let them know before. So they might experience anxiety or agitation. Where we don't see people get back. Better, it's when the family system is not acting appropriately mm-hmm. and the brain is adapted to like a jacked up family system. So we don't, you know, the the mama might say, well, my kid's still anxious, but she's screaming at him every day, yeah. you know. So so we, we do see uh, the flip side of that is does it work? It, it does work as long as the yeah. family's working yeah. with it. Well, I mean. And then as far as like the effectiveness of the therapy, the the current findings, like what are you, what are they saying now? I mean, could people go several sessions 
and um, it sort of seems to build on itself. It right? does. And like I've done so many sessions that now, you know, post what ha- has happened the last two weeks here, I can go in and feel really, really good after just one or two sessions mm-hmm. because my brain is used to the training. Um, but when somebody's new at it, we, we, we say about 12 sessions in, you'll mm-hmm. start to see, you'll feel relief, you know, when you like you did when mm-hmm. you get in that meditative mm-hmm. state, you'll feel that relief right away. But, but really the brain begins to change and heal about 12 sessions and the behavior usually follows that. Right. I mean, I could only see like, especially, I mean, our, our military, you know, um, I just had a Blackhawk pilot on and just some of the things that he's seen and he started, um, the Davis focus project, um, Brandon Davis. So shout out to Brandon, but, I mean, it's just, it's heavy. It's, it's a lot. And I heavy. just, are, we're not made to experience those things. And no. clearly throughout history, people have seen all sorts of atrocities, but that doesn't make it any easier today. No, no. Um, and no. I think to be able to process those things, um, I mean, he shared with me a story about, you know, a guy that had been shot 27 times. He survived all of that, but then on his own, took his own life later. Because he so couldn't tolerate like, it. It's just so much. I yeah. mean, um, yeah, the pain is really there and great. And, and it's such a silent killer because there's so much shame attached to mental health. I hope it in my lifetime we grow out of that, you know, yeah. but, but yes, I think, I think especially with, with trauma, which over the last five years, that's even becoming more of a mainstream word. You know, yeah. it was whispered before, but, um, we, we need to throw everything at that that we can to get people healed and functioning well. Right, right. Well, guys, I mean, I always want to share with you, you know, I'm all in. That's my motto um, these days. You know, that's the turning point. And any of you who know me know, if, I, if you know me closely, I've been open about my struggles with anxiety, those types of things. And this was something that I felt like is very important. I've wanted to have KK on. And... Um, I'm just so excited. So how, so talk about this. So insurance, how do people fund this sort of thing? You know, is it, is it, how it's expensive very, is it? it's very expensive. And, and I promise my daughter, I don't talk about the money side of things, <laughs> but please call us. Yeah. I mean, we, how do they reach you? Um, TNNFB.com. TNNFB.com, uh-huh. which stands for Tennessee Neuro Feedback. Feedback. Uh-huh. Uh, so the TN for Tennessee, then near it, the FB for NFB. Right. NFB, yep. Mm-hmm. Feedback.com. Yep. And you can actually, actually, you can just schedule an appointment and a brain map there. Yeah, you can actually just. Do have um, to come in or can they do no, this by you Zoom? No, you can do. Um, for the initial consult. For the initial consult is just, that's for anybody. Put your name on there and we will call you and tell you all the logistics and that. Unfortunately, and it's it's a place of um, um sadness that most insurances do not cover neurofeedback yet, but we're going to, we're going to keep pushing. Well, but here's the thing. I mean, I'll say this, that the cost of it, um, you guys are spending money on other things that could easily be spent for this. I promise you that. So you skip out a night of dinner. Um, you, a night or two. It, a night or two <laughs> or whatever, depending on where you're going to eat. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not talking about going to Morton's, but if, if, you, if you skip something like that in exchange for, you know, doing something for yourself and for your brain, I just think it's so huge. I mean, we take care of working out, you know, our bodies, we walk or whatever it is that you do out there, um, or at least you sh- we should be, yes, right? And, yes. and this is just something that yeah. I think has just been the, gl- and I'm so glad that 
that we're at a place where we're starting to do this. I mean, we were talking the other day, like we still haven't solved the common cold. Right. 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 And so we don't, we're, we're still figuring these, these things out. We're broken people and uh, we're still figuring out how to heal, how to heal each other. How, you know, what is the research and how to do that the best way. And I just Absolutely. think this, the more, I, I read the more I experience it myself and see the own benefits myself and then see others yeah. uh, in my family. Um, when you have others tell you that, wow, you can see a difference. Yeah. Um, Feels yeah, good. I think it's great. And so when your children tell you, um, you know, tell my wife, Hey, I can see that you, there's a difference. And so, yeah, yeah that's worth it's, a lot. It's, it is. Yeah. I mean, and it, sometimes you don't know, you're sort of like, you almost need that barometer to be external. Right. Right. We're even able to tell based what you self-report and what your brain shows if you, you're minimizing those things. Yeah, so yeah. we can go, oh, yeah, we yeah. know how you treat your family. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, guys, reach out to KK, uh, Tissie Neurofeedback. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, your, it's, your, it's your brain. It's your life. You only get one. That's you know, true. you can't trade your brain in as far as I can tell. I don't, I don't think they can do that. I think that was just a movie, uh, Frankenstein, <laughs> right? I don't think. So, <laughs> anyway, it would be pretty uh, bad. But, yeah. um so seriously, it's uh, this is right here. I mean, in Nash, but if you're if you're listening from somewhere else, look up somewhere in your area, um, or call us and come yeah, to town. Come, come to mean, town. You that. know, it's a great place to visit, as you know. So thanks for thanks for checking in. Thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you next time on the All In Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe below. If you have any comments uh, or questions, put them in the chat below. Talk to you soon. See you.